Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 328. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. How you doing? Is it as soggy at your house as it is at mine? It's been snowing a little bit over the last few days, but it's also fairly warm, so mostly what the snow does is just make the already saturated ground extra soggy. So when the dogs go out, uh, they track mud in the house. When I go out, I track mud in the house. It's just, it's just awful. My, my poor carpets. Okay, that's starting to sound a little, uh, I, I don't know what the word is. Uh, a, a little old person-y, I guess. And you know what? If uh, a little dirt on the carpet is the worst problem I got right now, uh, life is pretty good. And I hope life is good for you guys, too. Let's see. Uh, on the episode this week, we're going to be playing, well, I'm not going to tell you yet. Am I? Um, of course, you know if you read the episode description. But uh, it's episode 328, which means very little, because it's not an episode that ends in a zero or a five. So it's not a, a monumental moment. But it is Atari, and it is uh, short stories, two of my favorite things. Let's see, what else is going on? Oh, of course, I also have to mention I'm still alive. This is the 16th episode since I died of COVID and, uh, you know, came back to life as zombie Atari podcaster person. Uh, I hope all of you are alive as well and uh, don't have COVID. If you do have COVID, I hope you are recovering quickly. I hope you've been vaccinated. And if you haven't, I hope you get vaccinated. I'm looking forward to the day when the COVID vaccine and the flu vaccine are basically just one big vaccine. So you don't have to go twice. Also, we have to get that done because now we have to worry about avian flu. I think I read something recently that said, well, we don't have to panic yet. Uh, avian flu, I think that's what it was, is now becoming a thing that we have to worry about. It used to be just the birds problem. Now it's becoming a people problem because, of course, why not? We don't have enough problems already. But you know what? Uh, that's some other podcaster's problem. I am going to talk about good things. For example, there's a new book coming out. It's not my book. I didn't write it. It's an anthology called D20 or Die, Memories of Old School Role-Playing Games from Today's Grown-Up Kids. Uh, it is an anthology being edited by a friend of my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, Jim Beard, who is himself a very prolific writer. If you are into anything pop culture Marvel, X-Files, Planet of the Apes, uh, that's just what I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, but there's a bunch of other stuff, too. You have probably, at some point, come across Jim Beard's name, because he's very active with all of those things. He has edited this new anthology, uh, among others. It's part of an ongoing series of books. I am vamping as I try to find something here. He is an awesome uh, person, an awesome editor, an awesome writer, and I am excited to see this book come out, Not uh, least of which among other reasons, is I have an essay in this book. The book is a collection of essays by people who remember playing role-playing games, probably most famously Dungeons & Dragons, back in the, uh, the, back in the days when they were really becoming a thing, the 70s and 80s. And there was a period in the mid-80s when uh, I was in high school, because I'm very, very old, when uh, I and my friends, uh, it wasn't a long period, but there was a stretch where we were playing Dungeons & Dragons. So uh, when I heard Jim was putting this anthology together, I raised my hand and said, hey, I could write an essay like that. And he uh, took pity on me and said, sure, go ahead. So I'm excited. Uh, my essay is going to be in the book. 
I don't have, as of this recording, a release date, but the Jim Beard and Becky Books, that's the publisher, uh, Jim Beard and Becky Books has a Facebook page. On Facebook, I will try to remember to put that in the show notes. If not, go look for it. On Facebook, you can keep up with all the uh, information there about this book as well as other books in the series. Uh, they also did one, for example, about uh, the, the iconic classic Dark Shadows vampire-themed soap opera, basically. They got very good notices, so that's a fun book. If that's something that interests you, you can check that one out. I think there's another book in the series, too. And uh, this new one, D20 or Die, as I said, will be out later in the spring. Oh, Forrest Helby. I, I want to give credit to him as well. He's the other editor on the book. Jim Beard, Forrest Helby. Betty Books is the publisher. D20 or Die, Memories of Old School Role-Playing Games from Today's Grown-Up Kids. I will, of course, say more about that when I have more to say. So that's pretty exciting. Absolutely nothing to do with Atari, but I imagine there'll be a lot in there that will appeal to you. All right, well, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Master Builder from SpectraVision 1983 for the 2600. It is, I heard, uh, I saw one review that described it as a puzzle game. I don't, I mean, I guess it's a puzzle game. It's mostly just a, a tedious wandering through futility, if you asked me, not to spoil anything from my review. In the game, we're told that to become a master builder, you have to complete construction of several buildings in Spectraville. This is from the manual. Try to remember the blueprints of the buildings which will appear on screen for only five seconds. Basically, when you hit reset, you see what the finished building is supposed to look like. The building, in quotes, is just uh, layers of bars that you have to assemble one brick at a time. Try to remember the blueprints of the building, which will appear on screen for only five seconds. Don't worry about the building's materials supplies. You can get substantial volume of bricks from stores and construct the building by laying them in the appropriate position. The stores basically are just bigger blocks on either side of the screen where you can walk over and touch it with your little guy and you get basically you get a total supply of like 400 bricks you can pick up eight at a time you can get substantial volume of bricks from stores and constructed buildings by laying them in the appropriate position a magic ladder will help you in carrying out your job on the upper floors but don't forget the troublesome spectra dog naughty kid i guess he doesn't get to be a spectra kid and the powerful destructive lightning i and to be honest here, I didn't get far enough in the game to see the lightning because I got too freaking bored. Moving on. If the construction is successfully accomplished, you can leave the site by catching a helicopter. However, you will lose a chance every time your finished construction is not according to the blueprint. So think before catching the helicopter. That's just good advice. The Spectre Dog. Don't let the crazy little Spectre Dog bite you. Jump over it or you'll lose one chance. But I'm just going to tell you, your jumping ability really comes and goes. The kid. You must leave the ladder when the naughty kid comes. He used to steal the ladder and... Okay, there's a little flaw here in the transcript. He... I guess they're telling us that he steals the ladder and hurts you seriously. Kids, man. Lightning. You will be killed by the lightning and lose one chance when you're on the top part of the building. We're using the joystick for this one, although one of the reviews, I'll get there in a minute, said that there was a special controller that uh, SpectraVision really wanted you to buy. And uh, the theory is, if the... If you use the special controller, the game would work much better because the controls are really awful in this game. I don't have that special controller. I honestly wasn't going to go buy it just for this game. I am curious whether the special controller had any use outside of this game because it seems a little ballsy for SpectraVision, not a powerhouse in Atari gaming even at the time, 
to expect kids to use their allowance to not only shell out for this cartridge, but to further shell out for a joystick that was only useful for this game. Hmm. If anyone has any insight into that, let me know. So game one is a one-player bricks are limited game. Game two is a one-player time is limited game. In carrying out vertical movements, such as climbing up and down the ladder, push the joystick up and down, and then push the joystick left or right to go left or right, push the joystick either between the left direction and the up direction, or between the right direction and the up direction for jumping action. And this was where the controls break down, because that ability really is hit or miss. Push your joystick towards the stores in front of which the master builder is standing to pick up bricks. To lay the bricks, push the red button and joystick simultaneously in the direction where you want your bricks to be laid. To pick up a brick, press the red button and push up on the joystick when the master builder wants to pick up a brick that you laid by mistake. Or if you want to move anywhere, and this is the problem. If you get yourself stuck between two bricks, you can't go anywhere unless you pick up the bricks you've already laid, move yourself, lay the bricks down again. For some reason, even though you have a jumping ability, you can't jump out of a little hole if you find yourself uh, with bricks on either side of you. It's one of the many aggravating things in the game. To catch the helicopter to leave the site, climb to the uppermost part of the ladder and push the joystick up until the helicopter appears and lifts up the master builder. Scores are only given when you have correctly constructed a building and it will be an accumulative... I'm not sure that's a word. Score. A bonus is proportional to the resources left, either the number of bricks or the amount of time. City Hall is worth 1,000 points. The Catholic Church is 2,000. The Commercial Center is 3,000. The History Museum is 4. The Memorial Building is 5,000. This is curious to me because the first building, and again, I didn't make it past the first level because I have life and uh, self-worth, and I understand that there are better things I could be doing with my time. Than playing this game. The first building doesn't look like anything. It's just rows of kind of beige bars with no identifying features whatsoever. But I'm seeing here now that it's supposed to be a city hall. All right, no doors, no windows, no uh, architectural flourishes, just nondescript beige bars. City hall. Gotcha. You have a total of four chances in a game. You get bonuses or you get awards, uh, 0 to 999 for a trainee builder, 1,000 to 9,999 for a diploma builder, 10,000 to 99,999 for a degree builder, um, 100,000 to 999,999 for a master builder. All right, and that, I guess, is how you play Master Builder from SpectraVision for the Atari 2600. God help you. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast all about life lessons growing up and every episode a segment about music music that i love artists that i admire and sometimes even my own music you can find autobiography of a schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers or you can go to schnookpodcast.com that's s-c-h-n-o-o-k podcast.com 
And I firmly believe the good goes around. And I sincerely hope that autobiography of a schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. A blog called I Play All the Games, Somebody Should Send Help, on WordPress, observes, I'm not a huge fan of the developer, i.e. puzzle games, but I always approach games with an open mind, and my open mind tells me that this game is utter garbage. Spectreville, our houses are made out of cardboard but cost a fortune. Welcome. So, uh, this blog post gives a little summary of how you play the game, and then observes, when you're done building the project, you move on to the next stage, I guess. He or she, much like me, was never able to finish the building, thanks to the controls, which are clunky, unintuitive, and borderline broken. And then, this is the uh, review that observes, SpectreVision was trying to sell you the Quick Shot Deluxe Joystick, which is advertised on the packaging, which I don't have. What a... <laughs> way to screw over your customers. Uh, the game is boring, there's no real challenge, I guess it's colorful and your character is quick on his toes, but that's hardly saying anything. He gives it 0.5 out of 10. Maybe not the worst game for the 2600, but trying really, really hard. You can buy a Quick Shot Deluxe Joystick on eBay for 20 bucks. It looks kind of cool, but I don't know offhand what other games you can use it for. Again, if somebody who knows more about this than me, which is most anybody, wants to uh, fill in my knowledge base here, please do. And if this is a thing I should have, because it's useful for more than just this game, which I promise you I'm never going to play again, you know, I'll think about whether it's worth my 20 bucks. Spectra Video International Limited was an American computer manufacturer and software house originally called SpectraVision, which was founded in 1981 by Harry Fox. I don't know if he got teased about his name. Anyway, the, game, uh, the company produced video games and other software for the VIC-20, the 2600, uh, and the CompuMate peripheral. Some of their own computers were compatible with the Microsoft MSX or the IBM PC. According to Wikipedia, the QuickShot joystick was the world's first ergonomic joystick. Like I said, it looks cool, and I can, even without using it, I can kind of see, looking at it, how it might make um, Master Builder go better. But again, I don't know. SpectraVision as a company was formally dissolved on the 19th of April, 2016, after a long history of producing various computers that I've never heard of, because I'm not an expert in these things. GiantBomb.com says, can't vouch for this, but this is what they say. SpectraVision was a U.S. video game company that was founded in 1981 due to a copyright claim by the on-command hotel TV pay-per-view system. The company was renamed Spectra Video in 1982. Atari software was released on cartridges in VIC-20 on both analog cassette tapes and later floppy disks. Remember floppy disks? I kind of liked floppy disks. Uh, sometimes I wish we'd go back to that. Anyway, uh, and again... These guys say that the, the quick shot, the world's first ergonomic joystick. I just maybe have to start believing it. All right, uh, you know what else we should believe? We should believe that after the break, we are going to build on the mastery that has been on display in the first part of this episode. No, really. promised Henry an amazing, awesome, exciting, can't-catch-your-breath time with this week's game. And, like any good dad, I lied. Because I got so bored playing Master Builder that I actually started looking at my phone while I was playing the game. 
So with that introduction, let's check it out. Gratuitous headshot. Bouncing music notwithstanding. You gotta look at this image. This is your blueprint. Oh wait, no it's not, sorry. It's just the intro screen. Here comes your blueprint. There it is. That's the building we're trying to build. We're not going to get anywhere close to finishing that because this game is so boring. I'm not going to make you sit through the whole thing. But, let's see what we got here. We got a guy. Hi, guy. He's a happy little dude. We got a lovely blue sky with puffy white clouds. We got a ladder. These little orange squares on either side. That's where your bricks are stored. For some reason, when you pick up bricks, your counter goes down. I guess, okay. So there's 400 bricks in the thing. You pick up like eight at a time. Alright. There's a dog. You can't ever jump your guy when you actually need to jump him. So that dog just killed me. Alright, start laying bricks. Come on. It's the button and the joystick. I was trying to, Henry. The controls are clunky and not... Let go of the ladder. good part of getting to level 2, other than that means you're one level closer to being done with this, is that uh, the dog can't get you. So, that's nice. Among the confusing things in this game is, you can jump, but you can't jump over bricks you've already laid. If you get yourself stuck between two bricks, you have to pick them up and move yourself and then put them down again. Like that, if you're watching the video. Let's see, good things I can say about this game. Um, the guy's kind of cute. Delaying the bricks thing, for some reason, reminds me of um, Surround, actually. Although the, the play of the game is different. Sort of the making patterns with your bricks kind of thing. That's what it reminds me of. And I like Surround. That game is fun. This game, not so much. Alright, level 2 is done. Uh, this is the whole game, by the way. Um, in theory, you finish 
this building to the specs and then you start over and do another one. Uh, there's nothing else that happens. Uh, sometimes it's a little dog that runs by, sometimes it's a kid. Uh, and that's it. There's no birds swooping down. Uh, the bricks aren't falling on your head. You don't fall off the ladder. You get stuck on the ladder a lot, which is annoying. That's it. That's the game. Um, like I said, I've never finished the game. Uh, I have better things to do with my life. And, like, I wasn't kidding earlier when I said I got bored practicing this game before I recorded uh, enough that I actually looked at my phone. So, this is Master Builder. I'll have more to say about it in the next part of the show, uh, I'm sure. But for now, you know what? Please, dear God, <laughs> back to the studio. Hey, you want to try? No. <laughs> Hey Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer to the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. person I once knew, while complaining about someone she was arguing with, threw up her hands and said, he must think I live in a carnival-like atmosphere of glee. Upset as this person was, though, I always thought this sounded like kind of a cool state to live in. Well, I'm not there yet, but I've got a website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, and there's stuff on there, everything you can want, like the podcast Atari Bytes, featuring old games and original short stories that are pretty unrelated. And my other podcast, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, covering anything and everything in and around the iconic Peanuts comic strip. If the printed word is more your thing, there are books on there too, like the novel in the Saint Nick of Time and short story collections, Misery Banana, Hell's Serial, and Second Duck on the Right. Want to know what else I'm up to? That's all there too. Carnivalofgleecreations.com. Everything you need. Glee not included. Here's the thing about Master Builder. If it's not clear already, I hate this game. It is, I think, objectively bad. I feel like even if the controls worked smoothly, it would be an incredibly boring game. Yes, Spectre Dog runs through every so often, but once you get past the first level, he can't get you. I don't know what's up with the Spectre Kid. Maybe, because it's not clear from the manual and I didn't hang around long enough to find out, maybe he can climb the ladder and, I don't know, chase you, I guess, maybe, and throw you off the building if he's homicidal. I don't know what he does, exactly. Does he steal the ladder completely and just leave you stranded? And So then what happens? You run out of bricks and you can't climb down. You just stand there? The lightning isn't a problem until you're on the top level, and even then I'm not sure how much of a problem is. This game is just bad. If there was more going on, maybe earthquakes, maybe, uh, I don't know, it's the wrong company, but maybe Donkey Kong comes out of a window 
or something. I, I don't know. Something. So, yeah, I'm not going to play this game anymore. I am curious about the quick shot joystick, whether it's a good one to get just in general to play games. I would guess that there are a lot of newer joysticks being made that are better if I wanted to spend the money. But, you know, maybe I'm missing out by not having a quick shot. I don't know. So, yeah, bad game. That's about all I got. If you guys want to defend Master Builder for some reason, please do. Or if you want to pile on, uh, I'm happy to hear that too. You know how to contact me. And if you don't, hang around for the end of the show, and I will tell you in agonizing detail how to get a hold of me. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, Building Up Expectations. For years, Becca had been telling her family she was a master builder. Whenever she called home, her parents would go through the laundry list of updates from the old homestead. Dad's learning to make sourdough bread. I painted the Sorrento orange. Oh, by the way, your dog died. Yesterday, I diddled the garbage man. Like many well-meaning, but still human after all, adult children calling home, Becca would tune some of this out. Unable to resist blurting out her own exciting news. I built another one. Wonderful, dear, her mother would say. Well, the borscht is getting cold. Talk to you soon. Wait, what happened to Scout? Becca's beloved parents, Bart and Brenna, died before they could see her work. Cousin Edison, though, was determined. He was the older cousin who lived his whole life in the shadow of his not-distant-enough younger cousin. Every year at the family reunion potato salad eating contest... I have to hear about how great she is at building stuff, he complained to his co-workers at the DMV. I mean, she's crap at shoveling potato salad into her maw. Last year, she barfed all over the place. So she better be good at something. Also, her potato salad is a little vinegary. Edison's co-worker, Kim, couldn't finish her lunch after that story. Her low blood sugar resulted in her oversleeping so that her own son, Kevin, missed his date with the DMV, ironically, and didn't get his first driver's license until senior year. He would never recover from the setback to his social status. Welcome, Edison, Betta said when she met him in the airport terminal. I've got a great time planned. I know some great restaurants. There's a new play opening at the Playhouse this week. And I know how much you like turtles. So I've got a whole day of turtle watching and crunchy peanut butter sandwiches planned. Oh, and I made potato salad, of course. Potato salad. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's all great, Edison said. But really, I want, finally, to see what makes you such a master builder. Oh, the building stuff? Really? Becca said. Sure, I want to witness the greatness that is Becca. Becca laughed modestly. A little too modestly. Like, fake modestly. Edison's retinas rebelled as he fought the urge to roll his eyes. Becca said, things are really taking off. She gestured grandly around the terminal. Edison took the hint. Wow, did you build this terminal? No. Oh. An awkward pause. The two headed out, and after a dinner of short ribs and potato salad, vinegary again, barf, they got a good night's sleep. The next morning, Becca promised to show Edison the town. Finally, he would see what the master builder had been up to. They drove past a brick office building. A large winged bird was etched into the side. Becca was a well-known ornithology lover, so Edison took a shot. Hey, cuz, did you build this? No. They strolled through a downtown marketplace and green space. It was lovely. 
pretentiously lovely. This had to be Becca's. How about this? he asked. Becca clutched her purchases from the fruit seller's stand, fingering her peach. No. The soccer stadium loomed large on the drive back to Becca's house. How about this one? You built that, right? Yeah, right, Becca said. I was the only kid on the team that never scored a goal. Soccer is a sport designed to pump up legs while breaking down egos. Why would I build them a stadium? Edison was starting to get suspicious. Back at Becca's house, Edison scanned the walls for fancy framed photos of Becca in a hard hat, standing in front of monoliths or obelisks, or even a really nice lean-to. But there was nothing. Well, there was a three-year-old calendar depicting scenes from around the world of people eating rye bread, but nothing else. Edison passed on the leftover potato salad dinner, got on the app, and booked a late flight home. But we were going to check out the laundry disco mat tomorrow. Did you build it? Edison said. No, of course not, Becca responded. Of course not, Edison said. Well, see ya. Then he got in the Uber and rode to the airport. Becca stood for a moment in her kitchen. Well, bummer, she muttered. I was going to show him my buildings. She walked over to a set of double doors on the south end of the kitchen and pulled them open. The room within was crammed full of Lego block creations. Some very small, like cars or small spaceships. Others were massive space stations or buildings, some reaching from floor to ceiling. A life-sized Abraham Lincoln, made in Lego, gazed over the room from one corner. One satellite-looking thing defied physics and spiderwebbed across the ceiling. And every one of these creations had a ribbon attached to it. Some second or third place, but mostly firsts. A trophy case on one wall was crammed full. Another wall included a montage of photos of Becca at building competitions around the world, and several large still shots of her from the ads she starred in for Lego. I really thought he'd like to see these master builds, Becca said. Darn it. This is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into of the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring, and Hidden Agenda. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Build a five-star review of this show one kind word at a time over at Apple Podcasts or wherever that option is offered. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee, which is also my handle on Hive, Mastodon, Tumblr, Spoutable, and Post News. You can also check out the Atari Bytes page on Instagram. If writing's not your thing, all that typing and whatnot, not for you, and you want to chat, well, I'm not going to talk to you, but you can call and leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about, let's face it, pretty much anything, and I'll play it on the show. Check out the website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, link in the show notes, for information all about this show all about my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, about books that I've written, things that I'm working on, all that cool stuff, all in one place. You should also consider, please, helping support the show. 
at patreon.com where Atari Bytes has a page. Again, link in the show notes. And I thank you heartily, as I do, these guys. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jeremy L., Mark Super, Jim Goble, Robert Ferguson, and David Cavallari. Thanks to one and all. Okay, we're about done. All that's left to, to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. I am, among other things, a Sesame Street and Muppet sucker. We have done on the podcast, I believe, Pigs in Space, a Bitbird Atari game, the name of which I don't remember, uh, Oscar's Trash Can Race, something like that. And now it is time for the one, the only, Cookie Monster in his own game as we check out Cookie Monster Munch. I am unbelievably excited because Cookie Monster. So we're going to do that next time on the show. I hope you'll join me. I hope you have a sunny day on Sesame Street. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how to get to Sesame Street. You're on your own, but you've probably got MapQuest or something. Um, So you'll be all right. And I hope you find your way back to this podcast. And while you're hanging out, you know, at the bus stop, waiting to get to Sesame Street, you should, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,